0: Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate. To bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the human heart oil to make the face shine and bread to strengthen the human heart. The trees of the field are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stork has its home and in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats, the rocks are a refuge for the conies. You have made the moon to mark the seasons, the sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness, and it is night, when all the animals of the forests come creeping out. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have being. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance.
1: Amen. Good morning, everyone my name is jonah my pronouns are they them theirs and i'm your lead pastor here at Zhao. it's so good to be with you is i mean like hopefully people have sensed the fall vibe to our service so far seasons we've said it enough times (laughs) it is gorgeous out here um i don't know i'd love to hear from folks in the chat if they're also feeling that spring energy or i'm sorry the fall energy the fall energy. This is the time of year when we start to transition from that bright hot summer um, into the fall. On the way here, I asked Cameron, like, what should I talk about? What should I say about the fall? Uh, And he was like, I love the fall. And I was like, tell me what you love about fall. And he's like, everybody looks so cute in sweaters. (laughs) And I agree. It, It may be wouldn't be the first thing i would say about fall but it's definitely going to make the list right everybody does look cute in sweaters so this fall if you're looking at one of your sweaters and wondering if you look cute in it know that you've got cameron's sign off you look great fall looks good on you you know whether or not you are a nature person we are creatures We are created by God alongside everything else in this good, beautiful earth. And so whether or not we feel particularly drawn to nature or connected to it, there are rhythms in our bodies that are created alongside and in concert with the earth around us. We as human beings work pretty hard to not have to be subject to those systems and cycles You know, we have picked a time of year. It's this time of year, actually, and said, hey, I really like that temperature. Let's call that room temperature and work very hard to make every room as close to that temperature as possible all year, right? (laughs) Room temperature is a human invention. (laughs) Room temperature is a social construct, and it's a beautiful day in fall, which is great. But we've decided that we don't want to be subject to the fluctuations of the seasons, that we'd like to maintain a a false sense of stability and homeostasis as much as possible in our daily lives. We feel that way about lightness and darkness as well, right? We invented electricity so that we could have control over the light and dark so that we could pretend that it wasn't night, frankly, so that we could, ourselves or our overlords, make us keep working. We have divested from the cycles of the earth and forgotten the patterns of our bodies. Or rather, capitalism has worked very hard to do that for us and with us and get us bought in. And so whether or not you are a nature person, whether you heard that psalm and thought, oh yeah, the goats, the goats on the mountains, the birds in the trees, the cedars of Lebanon, and felt really connected, or you kind of zoned out because it's just not your thing. Know that what is happening in the earth is an invitation for you to reflect on what's happening in you and in your community. And we're going to do a little bit of that today. You see, God created the world in patterns of cycle. Life to death to life again. We see that in the cross but it's very counter to the narrative of empire. The narrative of empire is one of linear triumph. It's one of conquest, one of up, 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 always. There is a strange kind of finitude to the empire's narrative. We are on a permanent trajectory upward, a permanent path of expansion, but it disrespects the fact that we cannot consume everything till the end, that there will come a limit. And triumphalist linear logic says we have to always be growing, always be more, always more up, up, up. But that is not the way of the earth. There is a season of growth, absolutely. Growth is beautiful, bounty is amazing. It feels great to expand But there is also in creation a time to come home again a time to shed and release a time to let go a time to honor what has come before by laying it down so there are cycles and seasons and according to the cycle year of the church we are actually at the end the end of a season. You see, the church calendar actually begins with Advent, and Advent is the first four weeks leading up to Christmas. So the church season begins in darkness. It begins with creation in the dark, in the chaos, before everything is brought into being. That is the beginning of the story that the church tells year after year. And then we have at the beginning, the coming of Jesus, that light, that spark in the beautiful dark. We follow that spark through to the resurrection at spring, which aligns us with the return of new life. And then as life grows and grows, we have the bursting forth of the summer sun. And then we have harvest the final effort, the labor to get all of those resources that have been growing out to the people who need it, to share them with abundance and to prepare for the next beginning in the dark. We have entered officially as of yesterday into that autumn time, into that harvest time with the equinox. The equinox, uh, for those of you who haven't heard that term before or can't quite place it, is the time of year, it happens twice a year, once in the spring, once in the fall, where the light and the dark are almost exactly equal, where we have half of the day spent turned toward the sun and half turned toward the dark. It is a moment of balance that is unique in a world always tilted towards something quite literally, right? Like our earth is tilted. And we have seasons of being tilted towards warmth and growth and light and seasons of being tilted towards darkness and stillness and contemplation. But for this one day in the fall, we are in perfect balance. And it is a turning point. It is beginning that slow shift from the light bright days of summer towards the darkness of winter now some of you might be digging your nails into your pumpkin spice latte and saying no jonah why would you threaten me with winter right now it was summer literally two days ago it was 80 degrees last week knowing wisconsin it'll be 80 degrees next week too so don't worry but summer is officially over And it can feel like such a blur, what we've been through. And winter is around the corner, but it is not immediate, right? This is a slow shift, a subtle shift, a matter of degrees tilting away from the summer sun and towards that dark moment of true winter. But it is also a time that we get to reflect, what just happened? What have we been through? The summer can feel like such a bright, loud, overwhelming blur. The sun overtakes every part of our energy. It is hot, it is wild, it is bright. There is tons of growth. Everything is on 10. Summer is the most social time for most of us, it is big and connected. Summers in Milwaukee. Are, are like one festival just bleeding right into the next. It is a time that many of us find ourselves outside. Many of us find ourselves in contact with humanity or with the earth in a way that we haven't been in a long time. And so at this turning point, I invite you to a moment of reflection. What shone most brightly for you In this past season of sun, maybe that sun was a balm, a warmth, a connection, or maybe that sun burned a little too bright. That connection was soured or lost or burned. What was bright and hot for you this summer? How can you attend to it? The counterpoint to our blazing summer sun is the winter, the darkness, the cool moments of quiet contemplation. In contrast to the wild, out there energy of summer, winter is a time of rest, of Sabbath. The dark invites us like a kindness to sit and go deep. The snow acts like a blanket over creation, and everything is taken down to a whisper. You're not imagining it. It is actually quieter in the winter. Studies have shown that the snow can absorb up to 60% of sound. And we are invited during that season into slow, quiet, stillness, and solitude the beauty and power of the dark. But don't worry, we're not there yet. We've just turned our heads and our earth like a half a degree in that direction. And between now and then, we have another season, a season of transition, of shift, a season, interestingly, of actually an even greater burst of energy after the summer because this is harvest this is the season where we collect our resources we look to one another and plan we make uh, all sorts of arrangements to nourish ourselves and one another so that we can go still and deep in the darkness of winter Harvest is the time to take all of the abundance that we have been immersed in and distribute it. The labor here can be even greater than over the summer. The fall somehow is a different kind of busy blur for a lot of us. But this labor is in anticipation of rest. It makes me think of the story in Exodus where the people of God are wandering in the desert. God provides to them manna every day. Here's your daily bread. Here's your daily bread. And every day, there's only enough for that day, except the day before the Sabbath. The day before the Sabbath, they gather, harvest twice as much so that when the Sabbath comes, they can simply rest. The harvest season is a time of preparation for stillness, a burst of energy to say, what do I need? What do we need as a community so that when the darkness comes, instead of shivering in the cold alone, we are nourished in the dark, connected more deeply than we imagined to the God who is with us in the stillness. What do you need this season to resource you? for the season to come. What can you harvest from what has come before, from everything you've been through in the bright blazing sun? What learning can you take with you? What growth have you done? What connections or resources have you been alive to that you can gather up to nourish yourself? What did the growth of summer allow you to cultivate that can nourish you in the days to come? That is a real question. What can you harvest? And I want you to be thinking about it over the next several weeks. What am I called to harvest? What will nourish me now for what's to come? And all of this will give you everything you need for the season of winter. Now, in that church calendar, we're in something technically called ordinary season. Flashy title. We have Advent, and then um, I'm spacing the one with with Epiphany, thank you. (laughs) Epiphany with the three wise folks. We have seasons like Lent and Easter and Pentecost, these moments connected to story. But after Pentecost, we're in something called ordinary season. That's what most of summer is, ordinary season. This time where living takes the center stage, where the present takes the center stage. The stage had been set by Pentecost, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, this wild fire energy welcoming us into summer and a mystical sort of quality, a spiritual and emotional connection. But there is another season tucked inside of ordinary season that has been mostly forgotten and neglected by the church. It's called Kingdom Tide. Kingdom season is actually a particularly Methodist season. It is the season of harvest. It is a reflection saying after the ordinary day-to-day life that we have been celebrating, we see that there is abundance. And in response to that abundance, we must build the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? Other than a mustard seed and many other complicated metaphors, the kingdom is a place where everyone has what they need. The time of harvest as an invitation to kingdom build is saying that when we distribute the abundance that we have accumulated, we need it as a countercultural redistribution. Kingdom Tide is a season of emphasis on offering enough to all, on acknowledging the material aspects of what it means to be alive and saying there are some who do not have enough and there are some who have more than they need. So how in our time of harvest can we offer enough to one another? Can we seek balance? Can we seek redistribution? Can we honor the justice of the kingdom of God by making sure that all have enough going into the cold season. The harvest of abundance calls for liberation. It calls for sustenance and nourishment for all. It calls for the distribution of that abundance as redistribution. And it is, as most parts of the gospel, an invitation into providing for one another, because no one is free until we're all free. And no one is fed until we're all fed so this harvest season how can you share your abundance and I mean that at every level I mean that materially I mean that spiritually and emotionally how can you share the abundance of how you've grown and what resources you have to build the kingdom with your kin during this season. And finally, the fall, so named for the falling of the leaves, calls us to shed as well. We're supposed to take cue from the trees. The gorgeous, bright green endeavors that served us well in a previous season need to be done. We need to let go of them, to say goodbye to them and offer them back to the earth so that they can compost over winter and nourish the next growing season. What in your life do you need to lay down? What are you called to release, to relinquish, to let go of? Part. Of the error of that triumphalist linear narrative is that we can hold on to everything we grab forever but the earth teaches us over and over again that what is beautiful and ripe now will rot in our hands if we do not let it go at the right time now is the time of letting go You can only fill up your stores for the next season if your arms are free of the baggage that you are called to lay down. And some of the things that we are called to lay down, to compost, to offer back to God, some of these things might be things that never served you, that have lately reared their ugly heads, that you can lay down with confidence and say, I have no need of you. But more likely, whatever you are called to lay down is something that you did need once, that served you with positive intent at some other time in your life. That we do not lay down because we reject, but because we recognize. Our story with this has come full circle. We are able to lay it down with gratitude, you served your purpose. I will not cling to you as you rot in my hands. I will offer you back to God and allow you to become dust again, nourishment again for something else. What are you called this season to release, to offer up, to compost in anticipation of the next spring and time of growth? The beginning of the next year requires the end of this one. The beginning of the next adventure requires laying down the resources you needed for the one that has passed. And truly, though we are at the end of the calendar season in the church life, there is no end of a circle. You may find yourself at any point on this journey of darkness and new life and brightness and laying down and harvest. You may find yourself in different parts of this circle, this story, in different places of your life, different places of your body. But at this moment, there is an invitation to connect to the ground beneath you, to the plant life around you. To the invitation of the tilt of the very earth you inhabit to connect to harvesting what is holy distributing what is needed and laying down what is done I invite you into this time of contemplation as a community and I am thrilled to see where our faithfulness takes us as we turn ever towards the holiness of the dark. Will you pray with me? Good and holy God, it can be easier to trust you in the growth of abundance than in the call to lay down and relinquish. God, may you take away from us the lies of empire that say we must accumulate more and more. May you lay on our hearts the truth of cycles and seasons May we have the trust to lay down what no longer serves us, to offer it to you at your feet, to lay it down with gratitude, to offer up what we have to ourselves and one another, and to look with joy and trust and hope at whatever is to come. God, you are present and powerful in the darkness. And as we inch toward that season, May we be filled with gratitude for every moment we've spent in the sun and filled with hope and eagerness for every moment we get to spend in the darkness of your love and stillness. Amen.